bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's Word. Today, we'll be doing Words of Our Salvation. In part one, we considered the term born again. And then we looked at redemption, and we looked at new creation, and we looked at justification. And today we are doing part five of Words of Our Salvation, and we'll be looking at the word sanctification. Sanctification. It's a word that most of us might have heard or might have used in relation to our Christian walk. And today we'll explore what it means to be sanctified and how to make it real in our lives. I begin with Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. This is the first time the word is used in the Bible. Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made we see the word sanctified use sanctified sanctified is the verb of sanctification which is a noun so it's about the same word but used in different forms sanctified it is the act of making something or someone clean or holy so when we say that something is sanctified it is an act or something that is done to make something or someone clean or holy. Sanctified means to be removed from ordinary use. So when we say something is sanctified, it means we have removed it from normal or ordinary usage. Usually when we have communion and I am instituting the table and blessing the communion table, uh, we use words to show that we are setting apart the elements from normal usage. That is what we mean by sanctify. Something is being removed from normal usage, so it will not be done as usual. Sanctified also means to be given wholly to God. We do the same with the communion elements, and that's what God did to the seventh day. Although the seventh day is like any other day of all the other days, God set it apart. He sanctified it and he dedicated it for a purpose. So the seventh day became the Sabbath and on that day uh, God rested. So to be sanctified means to be removed from ordinary use and to be given wholly or totally to God. Anytime we use that in relationship uh, to our salvation and our relationship with God, we are talking about being wholly dedicated to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And uh, it reads, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified 
in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. This is how the Apostle Paul introduced his letter to the church in Corinth. He addressed both the church and the members of the church, the church as a body and the members of the church. Now I want you to pay attention to two words that Paul used in this verse. The first is sanctified and you can highlight it or underline it depending on which Bible you're using. Sanctified and the other is saints. You can highlight saints and sanctified. Both come from the same Greek word, hagios. Hagios uh, is where you get the root word from which you get saint and you get sanctified. So the word saint and sanctified are talking about really the same thing. So to the church of God which is at Corinth, those who are sanctified in Christ and called to be saints. Sanctified in Christ and called to be saved. So in the New Testament, the believer is sanctified in Christ. Paul says we are sanctified in Christ. In this context, the word sanctified means to become dedicated or be dedicated to God. To be dedicated to God. And the sanctification of the believer is in Christ. Not in himself. But in Christ, we are sanctified. This is a very, very heavy statement. We are sanctified in Christ. It's a very heavy statement. And I'll explain it later. And then, not only are we sanctified, we are called to be saints. Sanctified in Christ and called to be saints. The word saint means one who is holy. So, called to be saints, you can also say called to be holy. Called to be holy. Now, I am aware that in some church traditions, uh, sainthood is given to a few people who attain to a certain level of spirituality. And so, in certain Christian churches, uh, some particular people, after a certain process, are canonized as saints. However, when you read the Bible uh, throughout from both the Old Testament and the New Testament, you realize that sainthood was not for a special kind of people. I'll read just a few for you. Psalm 30 verse 4. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his name. He's talking about all the believers, you saints of his. Psalm 49 verse 1. Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of saints. The whole congregation of Israel were called the saints. In the New Testament, Acts chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, 
Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. So it's talking about Paul persecuting the Christians in Jerusalem, and the Christians are called the saints. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, Now concerning the collection for the saints, I have given orders to the churches. So you just find from the body of scripture that the generality of Christians are called saints. So that is not to say that those who pronounce some people saints are wrong. That is their process. But the scripture shows that sainthood is not limited to only a few people. We are sanctified in Christ and we are called to be saints. Sanctified in Christ and called to be saints. So when you read these two thoughts, sanctified in Christ, called to be saints, it gives you the idea that sanctification manifest in two ways. Sanctification manifests in two ways. First, sanctification is positional. It is positional. That means we are sanctified. When we say something is positional, it means you are already in the position. You are already in it. So when we say sanctification is positional, it means you are already sanctified. You are in that position. It's positional. When Christ comes to live in our hearts, we become born again Christians. God takes away all our sins. And when he does that, we are positionally sanctified. But that is not the end of our sanctification because sanctification is also progressive. Progressive. We are being sanctified. We are sanctified, we are being sanctified. When we say something is progressive, it means it is happening gradually. So sanctification is positional and it is progressive. Now you can use that phrase to sound very theological when you're talking to people. Just let them know that sanctification is both positional and progressive. And the people will give you a lot of uh, respect for using those two words. All right. Now, so, in, in how, how does that work out? How can something be positional and progressive at the same time? How can you have it and still be growing into it? It is like when we were born as babies. Every baby that is born, when, when the child is born, day one... In fact, before they even come out of the womb, they are human beings. So the child is born, that's a human being. Probably about one and a half feet long, weigh about seven pounds. You can do the conversion to kilos in your head. Uh, I was born in pounds and ounces era. Uh, and all of that. But th that's the baby. Is that baby a human being? Yes. Did they have to grow to become human beings? No. They are already human beings. But that human being is not a mature human being. Uh, so that child is going to grow and, and, and in height, grow in understanding, grow in so many areas. So positionally, a human being progressively 
a human being. A human being who is growing into full maturity. That's how our sanctification is. Positionally, we are sanctified, but it doesn't mean we have matured in sanctification. We have to progressively grow in sanctification. So, the day we got born again, we became sanctified people. But you and I know that your life doesn't always demonstrate sanctification. So we have to grow in sanctification. So how do we then live a sanctified life? How do we live the sanctified life? A life that is holy, a life that brings glory to God, a life that helps us to live out the lives that God has given to us. To do that, there are a few things we have to learn. And I will just take you to a verse in the Old Testament and comment on it and give you some thoughts. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 8 to 11. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 8 to 11. And this is what Leviticus 10, 8, 11 says. It's an instruction to the priests, but I will take it beyond the instruction to the priests. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you. When you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. That you may distinguish between holy and unholy, between unclean and clean. That you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. God called Israel... To become a holy nation. And the process of becoming a holy nation was going to be through the priests teaching them. And the core of the teaching of the priests was that they must be able to teach the people to know the difference between what is holy and what is unholy. So to live sanctified lives... We must know what is holy and what is unholy. We must know what is holy and what is unholy. In the Old Testament, God hammered this principle to Israel very strongly. And so when you read the Old Testament scriptures, especially the book of Leviticus, some of the book of uh, Exodus, you find that the life of the Jews or Israel was divided between holy and unholy. In every area of their lives, some things were considered holy and others were considered unholy. When it came to what they ate, some things were holy, others were unholy. In their communities, some areas were holy and some areas were unholy. In what they said, some words were holy, others were unholy. Some animals were holy, others were not holy. So why did God divide his own creation between holy and unholy? Did God create unholy things? No. In Genesis, God saw all that he had done and he said it was very good. He didn't create anything unholy. 
So why did God then divide things between holy and unholy? It was to give them a sense of awareness, a sense of consciousness that in this world, some things are holy and some things are unholy. And for them to get that imprinted in their mind, God determined that some animals will be called holy, some will not be called holy. Although he created all of them. Why? Because he wanted them to know the difference between what is holy and what is not holy. For us to live sanctified lives, we must know the difference between what is holy and what is not holy. In the New Testament, we don't have separation between holy animals and unholy animals and holy foods and unholy foods. But the principle is the same. We must know the difference between what is holy and what is not holy. We can't just live our lives anyway and think that everything we do is holy. No, God wants us to live sanctified lives. Some things are holy and some things are not holy. Some words are holy, some words are not holy. Some thoughts are holy, some thoughts are not holy. Some actions are holy, some actions are not holy. And we must know the difference. So we don't mix it together. To live sanctified lives, we must know what is holy and what is not holy. Not only must we know, we must separate ourselves from what is unholy. Being aware is one thing. Separation is another thing. So a sanctified life is a separated life. A life that has been separated. We live our lives with the awareness that God has separated us unto himself. We belong to him. We are separated to him. This sense that we have been set apart is what helps us to live the sanctified life. And if you look at life, you realize that those people who live lives with the knowledge that they have been set apart, they are able to make a lot of sacrifices easily because they have a sense that they are separated. Even in the occult or in the cults, Somebody who believes that he's been separated to the gods can walk barefoot for the rest of his life and walk on thorns and all of that and never consider to wear a shoe. Why? Because they believe they are separated. Because when you are separated, sacrificial living is easy. And that is why for us to live sanctified lives, we must first of all know we have been separated from the world by Jesus Christ and we must live separated lives. Until Christians have become aware that they have been set apart, separated, the Christian life will be very easy. That is why people will say, so should I do this? Should I not do that? Should I do this? Should I not? Are you saying this is a sin? Are you saying that is a sin? All of that argument comes to an end when we know we are separated. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebe, like his page on Facebook. 
follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000.